Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. At 2.06, welcome to the final edition of the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News for the year of 2017. Jalen and I on vacation this week, and next she'll return January 8th. I'm Andrew Gross. You can call me T-Bone or Bruderheim. Nobody does, but you can do it. Uh, let me tell you about today's show. We've got another packed one. We're going to be joined by Her Honor, Lois E. Mitchell, the Lieutenant Governor of Alberta, in just a few minutes to talk about her New Year's Day levy, an annual event. Uh, Grant Fedorik will be in after 2.30 from Leading Edge Physiotherapy with another segment of Fit After 40. I don't have a single note in front of me on that one, by the way, so I have no idea what we're talking about. We're going to do a roundtable today that I've been telling you about. Looking forward to this one. We're going to talk about the bar and nightclub industry. I'll be joined by Jesse Cupina from Central Social Hall and the Ranch Roadhouse, as well as uh, Dave Bowie, uh, from my local drink and hole, The Bend. And uh, we'll follow that up with a conversation with uh, lawyer Brian A. Vale. He's a lawyer with Field Law, their Edmonton office. He's going to join me later on this afternoon to talk about the legal responsibility of social hosts, which I've been doing a lot of reading on in the last couple of days. It's interesting stuff. I think it's timely, of course, because many of us will either be hosting or attending some sort of party over the weekend to celebrate New Year's Eve, and there is some financial responsibility that goes with that. Uh, It is a short show, as you just heard, 5.30. I will give up these airwaves to Reed Wilkins and the gang, uh, so he can uh, present to you the City Ford Face-Off show. That's at uh, 5.30, as I say. Puck drops at 7. Throughout the afternoon, and I know that it's customary for radio shows, and so I've been told many times by people who I work for, it's customary for radio shows uh, to do, like, at year-ender, kind of like, you know, biggest stories, biggest, best movies, whatever. I don't do that. But what I do do is something I'm more familiar with. I have put together what I believe to be the top 20 stupid stories of 2017. So throughout the afternoon, I'll get to all 20 of those, some of which, you know, of course, we covered on the show, uh, typically on a Friday, Uh, But not all of them. I didn't get to all of them. Patrick is my in-studio producer. Hey, Patrick. You said doo-doo. Did I? (laughs) (laughs) That's the maturity I bring. You know, that's an absolutely (laughs) fitting way to start this show and end the year. Really, I feel it would be nice to tie in with, yes. (laughs) Exactly. Wanted to get your opinion on this, uh, Patrick, because you're a younger man than I. Uh, You know it's cold out. Of course. Yeah. So, and you've heard Eileen Bell just talk about some of the uh, changes they're making to New Year's Eve celebrations here in Edmonton as a result of that cold, Mm -hmm. right? So I did my due diligence and uh, Googled because I wanted to find out, this is, of course, Canada's 150th birthday, and there was a lot planned for uh, Parliament Hill, Okay. but they're experiencing the same weather we are. Hmm. So I wanted to find out if anything had been canceled, and it turns out quite a bit has. So if you were planning, Patrick, or listeners, to go to Ottawa over the weekend to celebrate in our capital 150 years of Confederation, you'll be disappointed to learn. Here are the events that have been canceled on Parliament Hill for New Year's Eve. Hockey on the Hill. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Tim Hortons on the Hill. Don't know what that is, but I'd be in. Uh, Roaming referees. Uh Cupania Percussion Show. 
That's right. Okay. Rhythm Works Percussion and Dance Show. I'm very disappointed. Algonquin Language Learning in a Teepee. Uh, Canada 150 Closing Party. That was probably going to be good. Uh, Carl Murin and Ivana Murin Concert. You're probably big fans. Y- yeah. What kind of music do they... Traditional. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Shub Concert. Shub. Yeah, nothing still. No, okay. nothing. And the uh, Cardinal... Offishal concert gone. Oh, I know him. Do you yeah. really? Cardinal Offishal, yeah, for sure. He's a rapper. Are you lying right now? Or no, do you really... no, I actually know him. Yeah, and not personally, is... but I know his music. Sure, yeah. which is what? Uh, it's it's hip hop, R and B. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, no, you, there you, you go. You probably have heard some of his songs. He's a Canadian artist, and he's pretty uh, pretty well known. Well, it's fitting that they would uh, both hire and cancel the Canadian artists. So that list of stuff they canceled, mm-hmm. what, what is going to happen? Uh, you know, no idea. But I, I know just looking at this list, uh, the dozens of people will be disappointed. That sounds like everything that was planned. <laughs> I know, it sort of does. <laughs> I think they'll probably move some of the stuff indoors, maybe, but not this stuff. This is the stuff that's just outright canceled. But it's one of those things, right? Do you remember uh, Toronto? It wasn't... Um, it was the province of Ontario, and it wasn't the federal government, although everybody blamed Trudeau at the time. Remember the big duck? Yeah. Yeah, they had the... That, by the way, did not make the top 20 stories, I don't believe. I'd have to look. But uh, So to celebrate 150 years of Confederation, Ontario rented, they didn't even buy, a big duck, which they put in Toronto Harbor, right? And you kind of go, man, people in eastern Canada don't know how to celebrate, do they? And then you look at this list, and you go, no, no, no. Roaming Referees, Cupania Percussion Show, Rhythm Works Percussion and Dance, and uh, my all-time favorite, the uh, Carl Murin and Ivana Murin concert. And now disappointed, of course, that they're all canceled. Just heartbroken. Yeah, I think we all are. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. Now, normally we don't take our break this early in the show, but what I want to try and do now is get that break out of the way because I want to have as much time left. Well, that was almost a pun, with Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell. So why don't we take that break, Patrick? You try and get her on the phone. Don't forget to call her ma'am or your honor, and we'll take it from there. To 16 in a very chilly Edmonton afternoon, as I mentioned just before that break. On Monday, January 1st, the Lieutenant Governor of Alberta, Lois Mitchell, uh, will be welcoming members of the public to Government House in Edmonton for the annual New Year's Day levy. We now welcome to the show Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell. Ma'am, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, you're so welcome. Is that Andrew? It is. Oh, delighted to talk to you. Uh, always a pleasure, and uh, I usually rib you about your husband's involvement with the Calgary Stampeders, but I'll just move away from that today. <laughs> <laughs> and then my son, who's head of the Hamilton Tiger County. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wonder, we've been here I, talking football, believe me, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question. Yeah, no question that happened. Um, ma'am, I wondered uh, if you could, and, and I know that when you took office. It was in 2015, was it not? Correct. And, right. and I know that one of your mandates or uh, interests was uh, history, specifically uh, Alberta, but Canadian as well. I wonder if you could sort of walk us through the history of this New Year's Day levy. Oh, I certainly will. I mean, the tradition of the levy actually takes dates way back to France as part of our French-Canadian history and heritage. Oh. So the actual, the very first Canadian levy was held in Quebec City in 1646. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Uh, yes. But, but it's been a tradition, of course, for all the lieutenant governors and the governor general since actually about 1870. So our very first levy in Alberta 
was held on January 1st, 1906, believe it or not. And it's been held actually every year with a few exceptions. Um, it, it maybe is canceled twice, I think, to illness, but it's been held every year since. Has it been, uh, I, I thought you were going to say, because I actually <laughs> wanted to ask, if it's ever been canceled due to war. Uh, well, I mean, that is interesting because, you, do you know, I will tell you this, until 19, up to the 60s, you know, only men were actually even invited mm. to the, um, the levy, but, um, and only some women who were members of the armed forces were finally invited in 1963. Wow. But event, a lot of other people, the women showed up in 1963, and they realized then they couldn't possibly have it for males only. So from then on, of course, it has been uh, for families. This is what it's all about. Now, Government House was closed in 1930, 39, you're right. And so that's when that the levy actually moved back to the ledge. And so um, it's been like a tradition. Like it is totally now, from 72, it is a tradition for families. That's all there is to it. And you know what we see many generations attending are hearing about people that inherited it from their grandparents. So I absolutely love it when we see these whole families come, grandparents and then the parents and the children. I just love it. Do you know, and that's, I wanted to ask you about that as well, because I've, I've not attended myself. I intend to every year. <laughs> <laughs> and that I don't do it. And part of me is a fear that I don't have the right clothes or know how to... No, you could... No, no, there's nothing to do. Just absolutely. Just make sure you wear shoes. <laughs> shoes and pants. Let's let's set the bar a little lower or a little exactly. higher. Exactly. <laughs> it is... There's no... We've, we've greeted everybody. We had about 600 people last year. And it absolutely is a wonderful event. I want you to try and come, Andrew, this year. It's very special. It you get your actually everybody gets their picture taken, not just with me, but with my wonderful um, like we have this amazing what we call the receiving line. And the members in the receiving line, we have a Canadian uh, from the Canadian Forces, the RCMP, and police. And you know what? I'll tell you about a history. The Edmonton Police Chief connect. He has been, holds the record for New Year's levies. Do you know that? He started when he was with the uh, RCMP, and he's been coming ever since. And so we have a great time together in this receiving line, but every single person can have their picture taken with all of us. Every that, single one. Now, do I need and, to know, last question on etiquette, but do I need to know which, uh, d is it your pinky you put up in the air while drinking tea? I, do I need to know that? <laughs> Well, I, one, one could put their picky yes up while you're drinking tea. I have to be honest with you. I love tea. I have a hard time getting my picky up in the air. <laughs> so, you know, for those who haven't attended, myself included, it is open for several hours. You mentioned a receiving line. So is that receiving line there the entire time, or no, is there a structure? It's open to the public. Like, we do do military early. I will tell you that. We do all the military before. The public, though, every, from one thirty to 3.30. So it's the police and the military that attend earlier in the day and have all their pictures taken. But the public is from 1.30 to 3.30. Okay. It's, and it's an open house, listen, it's family friendly. There is food, there's games, we have live music, we have a harpist playing. And I think that 
it's wonderful for there's there's a carvery station with roast beef and turkey on the oh. bun, cookies and all kinds of things, and even veggies that those that have made a New Year's resolution <laughs> to eat healthy. <laughs> I, I've heard tell of such things, but I've not seen them in person. Um, <laughs> I know that you did this last year, uh, not every the year levy before, right? But I, but I I think it was last year, perhaps every year. Uh, you have postcards there. Yeah. Um, for people to sign, and those are to be sent to Canadian Forces members serving overseas? Yes, you are wonderful. I was just going to bring that up. How smart are you? Absolutely. <laughs> Every guest absolute, has the opportunity to write a postcard of thanks to our Canadian Forces members, and they, we send those to them. That's all, lovely. That, all those serving overseas, they get all these wonderful postcards. And I, I, I almost feel as though I don't need to ask this because just the enthusiasm in your answers tells me the answer that I'm looking for. But this is an event you really look forward to, isn't it? I love it. I love it. Because this is when you think of it, especially when you have these amazing... And I, you know what? I don't care if there's crying children or babies. I don't care. I just love it when we have these families come through. I just love it. And a lot of new Canadians, like, they're the ones that love this. And it's so wonderful to see it. And I really mean it when I say that I know everybody that comes enjoys it, too. We have so many staff there, and we've got all kinds of things going on. We really do. So that, And the children, actually, they get a package to take away. Oh. And it gives them some ideas how to keep them moving during the winter months. <laughs> <laughs> Although I hear on January 1st is supposed to be a much nicer day. It is. Weather's supposed to break right around then. Actually, on New Year's Eve, it'll be a little bit better. It'll get better as the week goes on. We actually are going to forecast, I haven't done it yet because I want to check this, plus temperatures for the latter part of next week. It'll be a little too late for yours, uh, for your I function. I heard it could break on New Year's, uh, you know, on the New Year's Day. I heard it could be okay at the break yeah. then. Well, so it'll certainly be warm inside. There's going to be a lot of warm hearts, I have <laughs> to tell you. I have to say that. So, at, at Government House, and we, we just encourage everybody to come. It really is fun, and I will be at the Oilers game the night before, so let's hope <laughs> we can have a double celebration. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, not bad for a Calgarian. Uh, now, ma'am, I, you <laughs> mentioned the children. I'm, I'm sorry. Burton, yeah, sure, exactly, absolutely. You represent <laughs> us all. And I love, and last night, we had dinner <laughs> with people all from Edmonton, and we did nothing but talk about these wonderful Edmontonians and how much I have loved to get to know them, and we have wonderful time. So no matter where we go, we spend a lot of time with our Edmonton friends. And you know, Your Honor, it's that sort of miscue on my part that has prevented me from coming to this levy every year. My fear <laughs> is that I will blurt something like that out. <laughs> and it will make headlines the next day on a competitive, competitive station. You know, uh, ma'am, ma you've yep. mentioned children a couple of times. Yeah. And I wondered... Um, if I could ask you about, you, when you first became Lieutenant Governor, you launched a, an educational program mm -hmm. uh, to yeah. foster greater public awareness of the Battle of Vimy Ridge. And that's a battle right. that many uh, feel is sort of the birth of Canada as a nation. Yeah. Uh, right. Is that something you're still actively involved with? Absolutely. It's called, we called it the Spirit of Vimy. And now, you know, this next year we're going to do the Spirit of Peace. We're going to uh -huh. do that. As well as uh, you talk about history and, and heroes, I'm going to be talking about all these amazing people that have anything to do with food and the agriculture. Wow. So we're continuing on with these programs, and it's going to be, we again running a poetry contest for grade four, five, and six. We're continuing on with all these programs, 
and a special program that we did for these teachers that are graduating from the universities that have a passion about history and know how to teach it. We're continuing on with all those programs, all of them. And we have an amazing foundation that we've started that isn't about, it isn't about me, it's about when I leave, how there will be that ability to carry on a lot of these programs, that we don't have to ask government for money. We're going to have this wonderful foundation, and we're doing so well. And let me tell you, this wonderful Ralph Young from Edmonton, <laughs> who um, he is he used to be the board chair of U of A. He is my chair, and he's doing the most amazing job. And so, and I just secured. I think I think I just got this last night. This wonderful little space to have our uh, have our foundation will be set up in, in Edmonton downtown, a little office space that uh, we're going to be given. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. So we want to keep this. Yes, everything we're doing, we want to keep it going. And so that, but it's not about asking for money. It's going to be money there that we then, of course use the interest to spend. Okay, well, you know what? I, I'm going to... You've convinced me now <laughs> because I want to meet you I in person. I will be watching your shoes, though. I want you to know, Andrew. I'll be watching your shoes. <laughs> you, you know what? There'll be uh, black and white checkered uh, vans. Oh, good. And I will be wearing an Oilers jersey. So ah, wow. you should be able to pick me out in the crowd. I will be able to pick you out. I'm looking forward to seeing you this. And I'm you as me. well. Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell, you've been very kind with your time this afternoon. I appreciate it so much. I'm always you're so nervous close. to talk to you, and you're always such a, you're always just <laughs> Nobody, so much fun. Oh, you're what? Thank you. Nobody ever has to be nervous to talk to me. And I love, absolutely love this job. It's the best job in the world, let me tell you. Well, and you do it well. Thank you again, ma'am. Okay. I appreciate your time. Okay. All right. Take care. You betcha. Uh, That was uh, Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell. My goodness. I I seriously am quite nervous to talk to a representative of our queen. And I forget every year because it's always a year between conversations just how, just what a treat she is to talk to. She's so much fun. And I appreciate anybody who laughs at my jokes, let's be honest. Uh, We were talking uh, at the top of the show about items that were canceled as a result of the weather which has reached across this great nation of ours on Capitol Hill. And I know that Eileen Bell has talked about, as I said earlier, some of the things that were canceled in Edmonton. Uh, something else you might be a want, uh, want to uh, be aware of is, of course, I think this is the third year, I want to say, uh, that the Edmonton Ice Castle will be happening. However, it's been delayed because of the weather. Uh, first, because of uh, unseasonably warm weather, and now, of course, because of this unseasonably cold weather. So while it was planned to be open on December 20th, it will now be open, they hope, uh, around January 5th. And I've actually reached out to them, not for today, but perhaps for next week, uh, to find out if I can get somebody on to talk about what uh, challenges they face this year in putting that ice castle together. All right, let's take our uh, break for news headlines. When we come back, I'll be joined by Grant Fedoric, Leading Edge Physiotherapy, for another of our monthly, bi-weekly, I can't remember how often Grant drops by, whenever he wants, really. I think it's monthly segments of Fit After 40. News when you need it. Fun when you want it. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad. on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. A lot of you texting in. I guess I got so wrapped up in the conversation with Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell about the New Year's Eve levy uh, that I did not tell you where it's taking place. It takes place at Government House. If you're not familiar with where that is, Government House is located at 12845 
102nd Avenue. It's next to uh, the now closed Royal Alberta Museum. So government house is where it is. Public is invited to come down and are welcome anytime between 1.30 and 3.30 and it happens on January 1st. That's why they call it the New Year's Day levy. Uh, Grant Fedoric in studio right now for another edition of Fit After 40. Did we have music, Grant, to go along with this? I can't... Re- oh, let me let me turn on your mic. I can't remember. Am I on now? Yes, you are, sir. Uh, well, we ha- I don't know. You came up with something in the last uh, segment, last time I was on and mm. you said we got to play but uh, you know what do we really need music we really don't because it's a kind of a casual show this afternoon my last of 2017 and depending on how this goes maybe my last ever you don't know <laughs> i'll try to i'll try to uh, bolster I, you know what I've, I've strengthened my back i can carry us uh, nice. should be okay excellent because mine's so <laughs> sore from carrying that other chick uh hey <laughs> so I meant to meant to hit the cough button right then. Uh, have you ever been to this before we get going on uh, Fit After Forty? You ever ever gone to the New Year's Day levy? No, I don't even know uh, what the New Year's Day levy is. I know well, what a levy is. But... Well, the Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell, who by the way is just a, an absolute delight to talk to. I just had her on before you, and she's she's just so much fun to talk to. Her energy just pours out uh, through the phone. Um, she holds this open house, and you can come on down, meet her, her husband. You can tour government house. You can uh, sign cards, postcards of encouragement to Canadian forces uh, overseas. There's food, there's tea, there's pop. There's so, so what's the levy? Well, they chart. No, it's free, by the way. That's the other thing. It's free. <laughs> I don't want to make a joke and have people go, but Andrew Gross said. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. There's Well, levy. 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 That's a, just a, a term for a meeting, right? A levy. You're thinking of a levy. Oh. Like you're thinking of a fine of some kind. Yeah, yeah. I get yeah, those they should all probably the time. Re- yeah, they might want to rethink that. the name. It doesn't sound too appealing. No, to it's me. absolutely free. There is <laughs> well, no toll gate or anything well, like that. If that's where. Well, I like free things. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. Well, plus free, I believe roast beef on a bun. She said, which, by the way, is my favorite free food. Well, absolutely. How can pizza. you go wrong? Exactly. Free roast beef bun. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so listen, I have to ask because I texted you last night. Yeah. And for a guy who's, uh, listen, you're a warlock. I've said it a gazillion times. Uh, you place hands upon people and heal them. I've never really understood how. No, me neither. Uh, but for a guy who is that, well, maybe this is the reason for this, um, you don't tend to be heavy with the detail when it comes to this segment. It's usually, <laughs> hey, what are we going to talk about? You're like, eh, let's figure it out. So That's right. Did you figure it out? Yeah, well, we're going to talk about uh, rotator cuff problems. How about that? Rotator. Who doesn't know what a rotator cuff is? is? Oh, I was just about to ask. I your hand is up. It's the shoulder, isn't it? Yeah, it's part. It's the muscles that surround the shoulder. Well, it's a group of muscles. I'll just keep guessing until you say yes. Yeah, yeah, you're close. You're you're (laughs) kind of on it. All right, listen, Mr. Expert, you tell me what is it. <laughs> a lot, you know, if you've had a shoulder problem, somebody's probably said, "Oh, it's your rotator cuff." It's not always, not every shoulder problem's a rotator cuff problem, though, Andrew. Okay. So uh, there's lots of other things that can go wrong, but the rotator cuff is a group of four muscles okay. uh, that are in the shoulder. That guess what they do? They rotate the shoulder. Ah, I could have uh, guessed. Yeah, I would have sounded it out. You an extra if you'd have given me time, yeah. You, I just, I said it, yeah, you weren't spitting it out right <laughs> I'm away. Sorry. No, no. So, and so do you tear them? Is that th- what happens? It can happen. There's lots of things that can go wrong, actually. The shoulder's this interesting joint. It's a ball and socket. It's very mobile. Lo- allows us to do a lot of things. You know, you you can't do the same things with your shoulder as you, or you can do way more with the shoulder than you can do with the hip as far as directions and motions that it can move. 
And the rotator cuff plays in a really important role in providing some of the stability in the shoulder because really at the end of the day, that ball and socket that's there is only connected to the rest of your body at one joint, at one point. Mm. And that's at where your sternum meets the collarbone. So everything else that's holding it together are ligaments and muscle. And that's a really important uh, part of the stability is the dynamic stability, which comes partly from the rotator cuff. Those four muscles, the, one's called supraspinatus, one's called infraspinatus, one's called teres minor, and the other one's called subscapularis. I was about to name the four parts. Yeah, I know, I saw it, I yeah, saw it, it was about to I didn't to want to interrupt. <laughs> but, you know, it's called the rotator cuff because one, it does provide a role in rotating the shoulder, and the other is it, it the way it attaches to the shoulder is it forms a cuff around the shoulder and so by picturing that you can kind of understand how it might stabilize it but so many things can go wrong with it from so what t- i was just going to ask so what typically is the is the cause of an injury to the to well the yeah so we can go with the cause causes can start from i've had patients do everything from just pulling the covers over themselves at night to slip and falls where you land on your shoulder either with it outstretched we call those foosh injuries by the way which is Not what i came to sound. see you about yeah you had That's like right. a foosh injury which is a fall with outstretched uh, yep. arm. Uh, nonetheless, the uh, you can have those kind of injuries. You can land right directly sideways on it playing a sport. You see hockey players go down with these injuries a lot because you see them crunched into the boards. So uh, you'll commonly see them kind of go side check and uh, they kind of get squished between the player and the boards. That can injure the rotator cuff depending on the angle that you hit the boards. Also very common to have overuse injuries. If you can imagine the number of times that you've used your arm to throw or bring it up over your head to catch or playing tennis, squash, uh, I guess racquetball, if Mm -hmm. it's still played these days, badminton. So is it the kind of injury where you know when you've injured it or is it the kind of injury where you wake up in the morning and go, what's wrong with my shoulder? Both. A and B. So you can have, uh, you can you can immediately feel it. I mean, sometimes sometimes with a really severe injury like a rotator cuff tear, you won't even be able to lift your arm. In fact, you you won't be able to get it off of the side of your body. You won't be able to lift it in front of you. You can even have that with a really severe tendonitis initially, where it feels like you just can't move the arm at all. It won't go in any direction. So that would be a good indicator that it can be the rotator cuff, um, or the radi- rotator cuff can be involved with other injuries of the shoulder as well. So that's one indicator, but also it can come up slowly over time. You know, a, a good example are repetitive motions like pitching. If you're playing uh, fastball or softball or something like that, or overhead serves, you might just feel it in certain positions. Just when you get mm. that arm in one position, it's going to hurt. Typically, with it depends on which tendons involved. The most common one, a person's going to feel kind of a pain either right in the front or directly in the side of the shoulder. And that's that's not the best way to diagnose it, but that is a good way to understand okay. whether it's coming from. Oh, the I have to or take uh, I have to take a break here. So I want to use a word that you just hate when we come back. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to give you a clue as to what it is, but I have a question with regard to this, and then we'll talk about the treatment and what you guys could do down at Leading Edge. Uh, but let's get this one break out of the way. Fedorik in with another monthly edition of, uh, I was about to say, how does it make you feel? That's Dr. Gantz. Um, <laughs> Fit After 40. Yeah. So we were talking about rotator cuffs. Well, yeah, rotator cuff tendonitis. Tendonitis, rotator okay. Cuff tears, yeah. Rotator cuff, you name it. Okay, so Anything I said I was going to use wrong. a word that you don't like. Well, hit me. So I'm just going to throw the word down right okay. now. So you said just before the break that 
and I had asked, you know, is this something that you wake up with or something that you know when you've done it? And you said it could be both. So for those activities that we do all the time, like throwing a football, like you mentioned, or squash or, or anything like yeah. that, does that then make it a chronic problem? Why don't I like that word? Well, because I think you feel like you can solve all problems. Well, we like to think we can, but yeah, so they can be chronic problems. So the def- I mean, it, for it to become chronic is just a matter of time frame. So when it's brand new, we call it acute. If it's been around for a while, it's chronic. Depending on how long it's been around, there's different... But I know in conversations that you and I have had in the past sure. that sometimes in the first few minutes of meeting a new patient, they'll tell you that it is chronic. Or when you, sure. you know, you're know, you talking to somebody and they say, well, I don't think you could help me because it's chronic. Right. I think that's the assumption out there. People think that because it's not gone away on its own after a year or so, it, nothing can make it go away. Well, fortunately, that's what we're in business to solve is those, those kind of problems. Much easier to solve them when you get in right away and follow through the healing process properly, uh, like any other injury, if you can deal with it right from the beginning, it's going to mitigate or kind of put off the likelihood of it becoming chronic. So, so a lot of people, by not dealing with it properly right away, that's why they become chronic. And some they might become, they might end up that way anyways. Uh, so yeah. is it I mean, when you talk about a tear, you're talking about what, tear ligament? Yeah, no, this is the tendon. Typically with the rotator cuff, it's the rotator cuff are muscles. Okay. It's a group of four muscles. And uh, one of the, one or more than one can be torn, as a matter of fact. And actually something for people to know out there is a lot of people are walking around with small tears in their rotator cuff and they don't even know it. So one of the most common things we get is somebody comes in and says, I've got a torn rotator cuff. I had an MRI. They show you the, you know, the oh, MRI okay. and they say, you know, do, do I need surgery? surgery and the answer in the majority of the cases is no you don't need surgery you can have a small tear or even a pretty good sized tear in the rotator cuff and uh, not in fact need it to be repaired in fact most people don't they can be rehabbed without it okay i wanted to ask you specifically about that because yeah i've had the injury before right. back in sports i had the injury um as an adult when i fell off the roof of my <laughs> yeah, house and i came right. and saw you yeah so because i'd had the injury before and it had not bothered me so it was not chronic or anything it had been no, solved it, it was time. just there. there right. You had it. You didn't even... Exactly. But I knew uh, how we had treated it back in the day. But of course, right. after 40, your body doesn't uh, heal the way it used to, right? Definitely. So I rested it. Uh, I put uh, ice on it. I gave myself a break. Right. Uh, it didn't go away. Right. So then I came to see you and it went away. So I guess the next level after that is surgery, right? But... Yeah, I mean, if rehab fails, it may be surgery. There's, uh, there's. Does a it ever heal itself? No, you know, the rotator cuff, in in particular, depends on the uh, the amount of tear it can scar. But sometimes, and a lot of times, it's just there. It's a matter of it's kind of. Uh, ticking, t- ticking behind the scenes, not causing problems though. And a lot of people, like I said, are walking around out there not even knowing they got. Uh, wow! So it does not. I, I hate to ask the question again, but so if I had a small tear back 20 years ago, right, I might still have a small tear now. Yeah, absolutely. And what can happen in some cases is that can set you up for injuries if you don't go through the proper rehab, strengthening, and make sure that you've got a good stable shoulder. You can certainly set you up for injuries in other parts of the shoulder, but more. And in some cases, it can tear a little more or it can rupture. Um, certainly, mm. that is the case when surgery is indicated, when there's no longer any strands of that muscle fiber holding together. The analogy would be if you took a piece of paper and you rip it just a little bit, you know, and if you pull end and end on that piece sure. of paper, it's still pretty strong. 
depending on how far you pull through that paper will depend on the strength and the integrity of it. But once you get it all the way ripped right through, you know, there's no solution anymore except That's to get out some tape and put it back together. Right, exactly. Because I would imagine, given what you've just told me, that you could have had a tear for many years and not known it, and now you've just aggravated that tear, that you must have conversations with people who say, it can't be that bad because I didn't do that much to it. Yeah, I, sure. Yeah, like I said, I've even had patients that literally just rolling over and pulling their sheets over in bed, that's what sets it off. And as we've talked about before, it's not necessarily... Looking at a picture of something doesn't give a good indication of what uh, is going on because you can look at a picture of a little tear on somebody with a rotator cuff and say, oh, there's a little tear there and they've got no pain. You can look at somebody else who's got the exact same size tear, but they can barely move their arm. Hmm. And it's how your body's responding to it. It's what's going on elsewhere. Is, is there spasm going on? Is there inflammation in the bursa, which is like a fluid-filled sac in the shoulder? Is there a lot of inflammation in that tendon itself? And, you know, oftentimes just looking at a picture doesn't tell you that, doesn't tell the response of the person to that inflammation or how, um, you know, we use the term hot, how hot it's getting, how inflamed it actually is. And that's typically what's causing the pain. You reduce the inflammation and that muscle spasm around there. You get the shoulder stable by strengthening it and they can be pain-free and doing the same things they were doing before and yet still have a little tear in that shoulder and it not be a problem. So specifically, what's the treatment for that? You, you just sort of did a, you glazed over it a little bit there, but... Yeah. It, you know, it's specific to every... Are we talking about putting needles? It, and Sometimes. It, okay. It's specific to every person and the problem that they've got. You know, if you're at home and you do something to the shoulder and you know what you did, a good example is, uh, and it, it's happened to me, I'm in the gym and I really like the exercise called military press where you take the weights and you're pressing them up over your head. It's a really common way to injure your rotator cuff when you're doing uh, when you're working out in the gym so now we're all over 40 we're doing that and we feel a sharp pain in the shoulder is it the rotator cuff you should get it assessed and find out but what can you do immediately you know you've got an acute injury there you should be icing it there's no question about it you've got to get ice on it for a good off and on every couple hours 20 minutes with that ice for a couple days you got 48 hours where you really can impact the amount of inflammation that's occurring in that shoulder number two what you shouldn't do is try to work through it and that's a common <laughs> it's a real common one i get that one all the yeah, time sure you they play say, with you know, pain yeah i put some, I, I put less weight on and i thought i'd work through it and what you're doing is you're taking something that's already got some small tears and what are you doing you're putting it in the exact same position and you're likely just pairing it tearing it a little bit more and they can range from micro tears like a tendonitis to an actual strain where you've torn fibers. So you should be careful. You definitely have to listen to your body when you get that acute pain. So do I need to go to a doctor first and then you? No, no. You just come see us and we can uh, assess it there and figure out what's going on. How will on. you know if it's torn? So there's very, we've got a lot of, um, you don't need technology. Everybody thinks you need technology <laughs> to figure these things yeah. out. They think you need an MRI. Well, you mentioned an MRI, so I right. thought. Right, and yeah. you don't need that. Um, there's very specific movements that we test. Uh, the amount of strength in certain positions of the shoulder will tell us whether you and whether you're getting pain with that movement and how far you can move it the way you move it can often tell us I can spot a torn rotator cuff literally walking through my door. If somebody, if I said lift your arm, I can look at the way that they lift it and I could probably tell you whether in fact they've torn their rotator cuff. 
I'm not saying that's the way to diagnose them, but mm-hmm. over years of seeing these things, I'm sure. And surgeons are the same way. So they if you think it's torn, would you then know. send them to for yes, an MRI? You betcha. Yeah. One of the things we would to be prudent with ones that we think are torn, we certainly want to get them in the queue early on, at least uh, you know getting set up to for an MRI. We still rehab them because they still need to get moving. They still need to get that pain settled down. And if in fact they're going to have surgery at some point in the during this uh, kind of process, we want to make sure the shoulder's in the best shape possible going into that surgery. So, you know, even if you think you've torn it, it doesn't mean you just need to sit and wait to see a surgeon. In fact, most of the surgeons' responses to, uh, to a family doctor when they make the referral is, Many people have rotator cuff tears. We in it, we recommend you go see a physio in the interim. Hmm. And a lot of people get better. And believe it or not, although strange and I'm not recommending people hold out a lot of hope, I've even seen torn rotator cuffs that function very well where they're even ruptured. And I, you know, really? and I, it's even hard for me to figure it out. You know that they're using comp- compensatory ways of movement, but they get pain-free and full range of motion. Then the question is, do you have surgery? Hmm. So, and that's up to them to have that discussion with the surgeon and decide whether and fact they want to have that go through the process without a co-host i wasn't able to uh turn to my computer and google compensatory <laughs> you had really dummied it down it, it for me like compensating yeah, okay all right. oh i see all right yeah, yeah, yeah okay great and so these other muscles kind of kind of pick up the slack for it and make up for it and that i have seen that on several occasions and then like i said it's a discussion with the surgeon now people need to also understand when they do go for rotator cuff surgery what kind of impact that can have it's a long recovery it's uh it it can be up to a full year well it is up to a full year of kind of not having full uh, use of that arm so you really need to put into perspective what happens when you just say where the body's a funny thing eh? surgery the body's a funny thing because you know you create a problem when you solve a problem specifically I, I don't mean you but with surgery because you get that scar tissue and then you've got to work through that you can. And we have some amazing Edmonton's very fortunate to have some amazing surgeons yeah, that we've got some uh, literally I would say some of the best uh, surgeons that do ro- do rotator cuff type repairs so we are very fortunate that way but you know what even in the even with the skill of these guys the body and how it heals and how it responds, it's different with everybody. Hmm. So some people, uh, and I would say the majority do very well with uh, with their recovery, but not everyone. And so you really have to keep that in mind before you, uh, you know, say, let's get that done. All right. Sounds good. Unbelievably, we've uh, blown through that. We've time. blown through all that time and I've only gotten to half of what I wanted to talk to you about. But is it a monthly segment, Grant? I can't recall. It's a monthly segment. Monthly segment. We might have to do the shoulder we might, again. Yeah. Uh, you know. Where we left off, to be continued. Hey, there's a lot more things that can go wrong with that uh, joint. Oh, believe me, I'm over 50, I know. <laughs> uh, all right, that was Grant Fedoric, uh, leading ed physiotherapy, physiotherapy uh, with another edition of Fit After 40. We'll check your news headlines when we come back. A roundtable on the bar and nightclub industry.